Welcome to the Second Students North podcast. My name is Luis. We're in our new series named Great, Greater, Greatest Go, where each week we dive into God's word and see what it has to say about being the greatest. Our hope and prayer is that God uses this message to speak to you in a very real way. We hope you enjoy week three. So here's the deal, guys. The greatest, it just welcomes debate. It welcomes opinion. We can all disagree on what the greatest is, but in reality, somebody's right, you know? Somebody is right because there is one greatest thing of everything, whether it's our opinion or not. There truly is just one greatest thing. And so when we think about today, we're going to talk about the greatest commandment that Jesus gave us. And some of you, maybe you're new around here. Maybe this is your, one of your first times at live and you're unsure about this church thing and you hear about church. There's a lot of rules. There's a lot of do this, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And I want to help you out today. When Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, he didn't stutter, he didn't hesitate. He just very quickly answered with this scripture. So I want to tell you guys, this is it. To be a Christian, to live life for God. If we follow this commandment, I truly believe everything else will fall into place. And so we're going to read this. It's in Matthew 22. I don't have it pulled up on my Bible yet. Matthew 22, verse 30, um, 34. So we're going to go, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. I want to stop right there. Jesus is the main character of this passage. And what we see, guys, is we see a bunch of smart people. We see a bunch of religious people in in the society. They're trying to trump Jesus. They're trying to confuse him, make him mix his words. They're trying to get him to say something wrong. Okay? And so what we see, we see teacher, or verse 35, and one of them, a lawyer, so not only is he a a pastor, not a pastor, but like a a very religious person, he's super smart, like, like, you know, like, the stereotype is that lawyers are super smart and have no personality, like, this is what I'm picturing here, this guy is a lawyer, and he's a super religious person, he says, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. And what we see here, guys, is Jesus answers with this one thing. He says, what's the greatest commandment? If you can do nothing else, if you can just do this, he says, you need to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And I think some of us are tempted, we read that verse, and we think like, okay, yeah, I I really can't even begin to go there. Like, love God with my mind, love God with my heart, love God with my soul. And what we need to realize is, he's telling us, he's saying, Love him with everything. Love the Lord your God with literally your whole being. And we're going to break it down tonight. That's, that's kind of the outline for tonight. We're going to break it down. We're going to talk about what it means to love God with your heart, to love God with your mind, to love God with your soul. But what we need to understand is that it is literally impossible to love God the way that we are biblically told to do with only one of those things or two of those things. We have to have all three of those things. We need to fully love the Lord our God not halfway. We can't have one foot in and one foot out. So we're going to start, guys. We're going to start with the heart. Um, so it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. What do y'all think of when you think of heart? I mean, I, I, I really wrestled with this today. I was like, love the Lord your God with all your heart. All I can think of is like somebody just like, mm, I love you. You know what I mean? Like, like, I love you so much. It's like this like really like 16 year old, like this person is like in love with their new boyfriend and that kind of stuff. I, I like have this picture. But what I want to tell you guys is Loving somebody with your heart 
is craving a relationship with them. So I have this story with me and my wife. My wife's name is Madison. And whenever I, me and Madison, we started talking and started to get to know one another and we hadn't hung out yet. And what I realized is I, I was really just like, what, is, what makes Madison happy? What is Madison like? I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? So, so this, this happened. I'm, I'm kind of an idiot because I, I mean, y'all know. I'm kind of an idiot. What happens is I saw, I saw somebody just say, we know. I saw that. Um, what happened was Madison finally asked me to hang out with her. She says, hey, I'm going to the lake. You want to go for a run? I'm like, yeah, sure. I can go for a run, whatever. I'm kind of athletic. I don't ever run, but I can run, you know? So I go on a run and, and Madison decides we're going to run three and a half miles without stopping. So we do. And I crush it. Like I smack it. I don't stop or anything. And like, so we get done. And then the next day comes along and Maddie says, Hey, you want to go to the lake today? You want to go for a run? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I guess so. I want to go for a run. And that day we ran four miles. And we didn't stop. That's why I don't think, like, whenever I run, like, I'm constantly watching that timer. It's like, have I reached a mile yet? As soon as I reach a mile, I can, like, quit and I'm fine. We ran for four miles, and that's the first time we actually hugged because we were running, and I didn't have it on my timer. And Maddie goes, okay, we can stop. And at that moment, I just hugged her. I was like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. We can stop. And that's what happened. That's actually, really, that's the story of our first hug. But you notice, whenever I started to fall in love with Madison, one, I didn't stop there. Right? I didn't go like, she's kind of cool. She's kind of cool. I'm going to go for a run with her. And then that's it. No, I started, I, I desired to get to know her. Right? I desired to fall in love with her. I desired to find out what she likes. And I wanted to do it too. You know what I'm saying? And then also I didn't, this is kind of how we act as a society. You know, so many people are like, whoa, God doesn't like it when you do this. God doesn't like it when you do this. God doesn't like it when you do this. Right? We have all these commands, all these laws. Don't do this because it'll upset God. And the reality is when we love somebody, we're not worried about what's going to upset them. We're just worried about coming alongside them and doing what they love. Right? I didn't care. I wasn't like, Madison hates Jason's Deli. Okay? I wasn't sitting around thinking like, dude, I hope Maddie didn't catch me at Jason's Deli. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't doing that. I was like, no, Maddie loves running. I'm going to put myself in that situation. And the same should be that with God. We should pursue God. The way that I pursued Madison, we should put ourselves, you want to get to know God, you want to have a relationship with God, I put myself in a position to get to know Madison. I went on dates with her, I ran with her, and it wasn't fun, but then I began to know her on a better level, right? And that's what, that's what this is, and I know we say this all the time, and I think we've lost the sacred, like, how sacred this is, but this is literally God's word. And you want to know God? You want to actually know him? Get in his word, Hear what he has to say. Look at how Jesus lived. Jesus, we talked in Bible study this last week. Jesus was going to go to Galilee. And instead of going straight to Galilee, he literally went out of his way to go give a woman something to drink. Right? And we see that and like, it's like, that's how Jesus acts. Maybe I should act that way as well. I should pursue that kind of action. Cool. That's, that's loving someone with all your heart. I hope that explains it a little bit. Loving someone with your mind. This question we're going to ask next is like, what does it mean to love someone with all your mind? I want to throw up Colossians 3 uh, verse 2. This is what the Bible has to say about it. Yep. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And so I, I begin to think about my mind and I think, what does it mean to love God with my mind? And I think what am I taking in? You know, 
I think my mind's right here. What am I taking in through my ears? What am I taking in through my eyes that's going straight to my mind? Am I, is it honoring the Lord? I have a picture up here. Everybody knows this. I think this is the coolest thing ever. Anybody have a Spotify? This is my Spotify. So don't, please don't, okay, so this is my Spotify. My top three songs from 2019, the third one is This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. I love that song, okay? That's just me being real with you guys. But here's the deal. This is such a cool thing, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to um, guilt trip anybody tonight. Please don't think that. But what I am trying to do, I'm trying to make us aware of what we're putting into our minds. You know what I mean? I'm, is it, is it glorifying God? Because Spotify is this thing that comes out and we talk about different songs and we talk about um, things. It, it literally shows us like, you listen to this album the most, you listen to this song the most. And it's like, wait a second. It was such a moment of reflection for me. It was like, this is what I put in my body for the last year, you know? And quite honestly, that's exactly what I put in my body the year before because I only listened to like three songs. But <laughs> that's my own problem. But the reality is guys, Think about it. What do you put in there? It's not just songs. It's not just music. It's TV. It's Netflix. It's Hulu. It's what are you watching when nobody else is watching? When nobody else is around, what are you watching? Is it glorifying God? Are you loving God? If, if God is connected to your mind like he is and, and he loves you, are you glorifying him with what you're putting in your body? That's a great question because I don't think, I truly, I, I know we cannot effectively love the Lord if we're not loving him with our mind, if we're not honoring him with what we put in it. Cool, the next one, love the Lord your God with all your soul. This one is like, this one is like deep, yo, like soul, right? That's how I feel, it's like a, like almost like a hippie. It's like, you, what does it mean to love God with your soul? And I came to this conclusion. Loving God with your soul looks like when God's heart breaks, your heart breaks. You know, so we look at Paul. I'm going to go ahead and throw that passage up from Philippians. Paul, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. And we see Paul, he is talking about people that don't know Jesus. And it says here, it says, For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. He says that they are not walking with Jesus. And that brought Paul to the point of tears. I'm telling you guys, if you want to love God, and we'll talk in a second about if you want to love anybody, you have to start seeing things through how God sees them. You have to start being affected by how God is affected through the circumstances, right? And I don't mean just people that are, I do mean people that are lost, but I mean walking through Kingwood High School. If you walk through Kingwood High School, or I'm sorry, if you go to K Park or any middle school, you walk through any school, guys, and you are not broken by this world around you, that has to change. I don't mean to be so real with you, but the fact of the matter is that if you're a Christian, you are called to a, whole, to a higher set of standard of living. And it has to change. It has to bother you when somebody doesn't know Jesus. It has to bother you when somebody is lost, when somebody is from a broken home. When you're from a broken home, we care. And I think a lot of you know that. If you're struggling in your home, talk to us. We want to love on you. But more importantly, we want to teach you how to love on you so that you can love on somebody else when they're, when they're struggling. Loving God with your soul. Loving God with your soul just looks like breaking for what breaks him. So we see, <clears throat> sorry, that, I didn't cover that at all. We see we have three things here. And I know I just separated them, but I want to bring them back because it's not three separate things. Understand, has anybody ever double dutched before? 
I've never double dutched because I can't get started because it's super scary. Like they're like this and I'm like half in, half out, right? And you see, that's the exact picture of some of us in our love for Christ. Some of us want to love him with our whole heart. We're all about Jesus. Jesus, I love you. I love you. I want to get to know you. I'm in your scripture. Some of us really do get broken for other people around us. Some of us are actually putting the correct things in our mind or actually glorifying God with our actions. But we're missing one other thing. It's impossible to be halfway in and halfway out because in the same way, if you're double dutching right here and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm already tangled up, right? I'm half in, I'm half out. And you cannot be half in, half out in this Christian life. You cannot be, you can't love God with your mind effectively and not love him with your soul effectively. It's your whole body. Every ounce of you, every portion of you, holy in love with the Lord. And so this next passage, the next verse says this. It says, this is the great and first commandment, verse 39. He gives us the second best commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I wanna, y'all are gonna freak out when I show you this. I just know because y'all, all the math nerds are gonna get excited. It's okay, I was a math nerd too. Y'all are get excited. All right, ready? Are y'all ready? Okay, go. Solve it. Gotta be honest, I'm not positive about the answer. Two plus one is three. So what do we, we have, everybody's doing PEMDAS, right? PEMDAS, right? So one plus two is three. Six divided by two. I don't know, okay, I don't know. Honestly, you would think I would know that answer if I was gonna put it on the screen, but I don't know it. Listen, listen, listen. I told y'all y'all were gonna freak out. Listen, okay, take it off, take it off. Okay. Here's the key. Do, do sixth graders learn that kind of math yet? Yeah. Okay, I was about to say, y'all are in for a rude awakening because math gets hard, I'm just saying. Okay, here's the deal. When you look at this, hey, when you look at this, there's an order of operations here, right? That's what it's called, it's an order of operations. And just like you wouldn't know how to solve this math problem, students, listen to me. The second passage is second for a reason. This first one says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself, right? You cannot love your neighbor. You are incapable, listen, if you're a Christian today, you are incapable of loving somebody effectively sitting right next to you if you don't love the Lord with all your heart first. In the same way, I would be, I'm lost. I don't know my order of operations. I don't know which way to do it. You have to get this order of operations correct. Because if you don't, you're incapable. The Bible tells us that God is love. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about love. The Bible tells us that God is love. And this, somebody told me this one time and it rocked my world. It was, how in the world are you expecting to love someone when you don't even know love himself? If God is love and I have no relationship with him, it is not possible for me to love appropriately. To love, you, can love, you can love like the world wants you to, like everybody's tell, teaching you how, how pop culture and the movies and the TV shows, how they teach you what love, which really is just lust. They can t you can do that. We can all do that. We're all sinful people. But if you wanna love, you have to first know God. You have to know love in order to love. We're, we're gonna wrap up here, guys, and this is the, I have two stories I wanna tell. 
So the question is, how do I start loving? I've told y'all what love is. I told you what it looks like to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. How to love God with your whole being. And that should overflow into loving others. There's this story. Um, this lady was a, was a prisoner in a concentration camp. Everybody listening? They were a prisoner in a concentration camp. And what happened was they got liberated out, but she lived in this concentration camp for some time. And they got liberated out. She's a believer and she's teaching one day, three years later, about two and a half to three years later. And all of a sudden this man walks up to her after. This man walks up to her after and says, man, how great that God has forgiven our sins. He says that. And she recognizes him immediately. This man was one of the guards at the concentration camp. He had seen her... He had embarrassed her. He'd seen her in ways that you're not supposed to see other people. He had probably done horrible, horrific things to her. And he has the nerve to come up to her and just look at her. And he says, hey, you mentioned this concentration camp in your testimony. And he said to her, he said, I was a prison guard there. And she recognized him immediately. He didn't recognize her. And he said, I've become a Christian and God has forgiven me. And he reaches out his hand. He says, I'm hoping you would forgive me too. And this woman in this, in this story, she looks at him and she's like, I mean, emotion, rage, fear, all the memories start coming back. So you know what she says? She says the hardest thing to do was take that first step and do this and reach it out because she didn't want to forgive him, but she had literally just taught this whole group of people about forgiveness, about God's forgiveness, all this stuff. And she's like, it's time to put up or shut up. Like it's time. If I believe this, I need to do it. And so she, what she does is she says, she's stiff. And she realizes the hardest thing is just to get started, to move, to act. She does it, and, and the, the, um, the article says, the minute she touches his hand, it's a warmth like she's never really felt before. It crawls into her arm. It's all here. And she says, I have never so intensely felt the love of God before in my life. Because of this act of forgiveness she did, she burst into tears because of this act. And this is what I want to tell you guys. This Somebody told me this and it changed my life and I hope it'll change yours. This woman acted and this world that we live in today is gonna tell you that love, like we've been talking about, love is an emotion. I love you. I feel that. Man, I think I'm falling in love with him. I think I'm falling in love with her. That is not the biblical view of love. The Bible shows us that love is an action rather than an emotion. If you don't believe me, the Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, that God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrated his love. God didn't say, David, I love you, and I'm gonna sit up here, and man, I'm in love with you, David. No, he acted, he demonstrated. Love is not possible without action. So if there's anybody in this room, if you're searching, I know there is, I know there is. If you're searching for true love, if you're searching for this void in your life, there's something there that's missing. I'm telling you right now, it is Jesus. Maybe you've made the commitment before. Maybe you've strayed away. It is not too late. It's never too late. Jesus wants a relationship with you and he needs you to act. Because let me tell you something, in the same way that that man walked up to that lady, right? And he held his hand out. He made the first move, which was probably pretty difficult for him to do. Let me tell y'all something. Jesus has already made the first move. 
Bible tells us that we are sinners, that we are away from God. We are over here, God is over here, and there's this gap between us. So Jesus came down. Jesus stuck his hand out first. Jesus came down, lived a perfect life, deserved life eternal, but instead he died on the cross for us. He didn't stay dead. He rose again three days later. He went up to heaven and he's coming back, students. And let me tell you, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that he is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. And then when he comes back, you are gonna be with him. It's gonna be a party and you're gonna be on the right side of history forever. And that is exciting. Some of you in this room are like, I don't know about all that, but I know I need love in my life. Let me tell you, God wants to, God loves you already. He wants you to love him back. And that first step, I'm telling you right now, Jesus is sitting right now and he has his hand out because he's already made that first move. All you have to do is take that first step and experience real love for the first time in your life right here tonight.